Engineered wood. It sounds a bit like an oxymoron. A bit contradictory because wood is after all natural. However, a visit to Smart Ply situated in Bellevue County Kilkenny sheds light on the processes that transform wood to engineered wood. In this case, thinned trees to oriented strand board. I don't know if you're like me, but to be honest, I didn't have a clue what oriented strand board or OSB was. But it has a bit of a rustic look to it. And basically, it's a board made up of strands of wood pressed together. Neil Foote is CEO of Smart Ply and Medite, and he might be better placed to describe how it's made. You're taking very small logs and you're slicing them up into very small plies or slices or wafers as they call them. And these are the strands that make up strand board. And those strands are getting dried and then they're getting screened and sorted. And the good flakes are then laid down in an oriented pattern or a lattice to give it structural strength. And then that mat of flake with a very small amount of a mist of adhesive resin on it is then fed through a continuous press where it's heated and squeezed and compressed to form a really strong, dense, hard board that can be used for many different applications. I've come to visit Neil to chat about OSB and to take a tour of the site. The tour begins in a windy yard. Where are we going? We're going up the log yard now, Monica, here in Smart Ply down in Bellevue Port. It's a 65-acre site um, right at the corner of Ireland, if you like, the closest um, point Ireland is to both Europe and the UK um, and it was selected for that reason back in 1995 by the original American builders of this OSB plant. The log yard is stacked high with logs as far as the eye can see. It just goes on and on, the amount of, um, of logs that you have here. We have, at this point in time here right now, we probably have about three weeks supply. Three weeks? That's all. Yeah, so I think, I think I saw somewhere about 24 days. You can see stacks of pulpwood logs. They're all quite small diameter, typically three metres length. These would be spruce and pine from the commercial forests that you know are really spread out all over the country. We're owned, as you know, by the, the Quilcher Group, so we're part of the biggest forestry company, company in Ireland. But a large part of our supply actually comes from, from private forests and private sawmills as well. And in the background, you might just hear the rumble of the, the logs having their bark removed. Okay, yeah, we hear a little rumble. So that's the first step in the process of, of it all, bark removal. Take the bark, take, remove the bark from it. The first step in what turns out to be an amazingly noisy high-tech process that features a huge amount of heavy industrial machinery supported by sophisticated software technology. But before we enter, let's go back to the bark. And bark, what do you do with the bark? The bark we then use as part of our energy. Okay, so we use for drying the timber. So bark is a fuel for that process. So about 70% of the energy used here comes from biomass. Okay, so it's quite, quite a sustainable process. A sustainable process fed by sustainably managed trees, which, by the way, smell really nice. Would you still smell the smell? Oh, yeah. It's something I miss, like if I don't, you know, it's one of those sort of things that I like coming back to whenever I've been away, you know. Of course, that's the natural oils and things that naturally occur in wood, so pinene and, and those sort of essential oils are very, um, you know, smelly, smelly scented compounds, you know. It could be really 
really getting a good good feel vibes from it all. Hearing now, I think, and glasses, yeah. All decked out in a hard hat, high vis, safety glasses, and earplugs. We enter the building and pick up on the next step in the process after bark removal, which is tearing up the log into wafers. What's happening here is that discs with knives embedded in them are taking slices from the logs. So it's a bit like a kind of a, a, a large mechanised pencil sharpener. It's taking away peeling the logs and then breaking those into little flakes that are about three inches long, about an inch wide and about half a millimetre thick. I'm mixing up my different measurements here, but you know, r- roughly speaking, you get the idea. It's like a piece like a business card, a little bit longer than that. And so they're going to be the constituents of, of the oriented strand boards. So we're making strands now out here. The sound the wave rising makes is like the sound made by 10 fast-moving trains with their sirens on. It's not a place to linger in. From here, the wafers, or flakes, are then passed into dryers. The dryers are massive. The dryers are massive, and there are screens here which is taking out some of the smaller materials. So it's also flowing through a series of screens here as well. So it's a really big structure now you're in. You're in the, what they call the green end of the plant. So it's green wood being processed here. And you know it's heavy equipment. It, it's moving large quantities of material, and it's operating 24 hours, seven days a week as well. The big storage bins containing material then to keep the process continuously moving. Are your ears being blasted off you? They might need a rest. The dryers Neil was talking about there are going to be replaced. Some have been there since the plant first opened in 1995, run then by an American company, Louisiana Pacific. And Neil was working there at the time when in 2002 it was taken over by Quilche. Around 2002, LP or Louisiana Pacific or LP as they were then known, pulled out. And we were taken over then by Quilcha, which was the Irish Forestry Board at the time, probably because Quilcha, not because they really wanted to get wood processing, but because they realised that the thinnings that were coming forward now from the plantings that had taken place in the 70s, 80s needed to have a home. And this was a good home for that. So it was very much part of, I suppose, Ireland's Inc. forestry needs that they stepped into the breach here and um, got involved with the OSB manufacturer and then turned it and turned into a very successful business to the point that in 2007 when the American owners of Medite in Clonmel decided that they too were going to um, retrench back to North America and they put that plant on the on the market, Quilcher bought that as well. Mm-hmm. So it brought together two really actually quite successful different panel products and two successful panel brands in Medite and Smartplay together in the one stable and that's the business that we have here today. And the Medite and Smartplay businesses are between them big players in the wood processing industry in Ireland. We're using over a million tonnes of timber every year in Medite Smartplay so we'll be the single biggest user of timber in the country. Now just to put that in perspective last year there was almost 8 million cubic metres of felling licences issued in Ireland. So 1 million tonnes represents approximately one-eighth of that. In a typical year, Ireland is probably harvesting 5 million tonnes of timber at this stage. And that's grown quite significantly. I I can remember when it was probably less than a million tonnes of timber a year. And because of the planting that's taken place in the 70s and 80s, that's come on a lot. So that's what what we're using between the two sites. And um, that amounts to about about 90 truckloads on a daily basis of timber coming in there, coming in by by truck, by rail, um, and um, even sometimes occasionally from the northwest by by ship. 
A thriving business by all accounts. 90 truckloads of tree logs coming in and 50 truckloads of finished product go out. And a staff of 360 people ensure that it all runs smoothly. Meanwhile, back in the plant, the bark has been removed, wafers made and dried, and now glue is applied. What's happening here is that there's a mist of glue being added to the flakes. So you're atomizing the adhesive resin, the polyurethane adhesive resin, and you're misting it around the flakes. So they're passing through in these drums. The flakes are getting tumbled around in the adhesive resin. So a very, very fine mist of adhesive resin here. And that's what will actually um, act to bind the flakes together when they, when they go through the press. These flakes fall down through a tall container where a series of brushes orient them and layer them to form a woody mat. This woody mat of oriented strands is pressed to form a board, oriented strand board, or OSB. Simple, the control room would say otherwise. Colin, Pascal, how are you doing? We've got the process laid out on screens at different stages so you can visually follow what's happening if the bins are full enough if the wood is at the right moisture if it needs to be dried further if the resin that's been added to it is in sufficient quantities whether more needs to be added we're putting then you're testing the weight of it when it's coming through the farmers to make through, sure there's enough at each level in the in the in the mat because it's actually formed from th- three layers two face layers and the core layers you need to get the weights of those right as well and then as it's, as it's working its way through the press then as well they're making sure that it's meeting all the specifications in terms of the internal bond of the wood and the panels and um, the moisture content. And if those things are wrong, then the panel gets rejected. So it wouldn't hold together, it wouldn't have the structural performance, and then it will actually get rejected um, out of the nose of the press and recycled around and chopped up and used again. That, that unfortunately is the sound of a board being rejected. Oh, really? The nose of the press was down, the product is not back up to the parameters it needs to be because they were out, you know, the production was upset and so they weren't in steady state production. We're now in a section where there is what looks like a giant steel orange coloured bottle washer. The technical term is a board cooler. So when the boards leave the press they're over 100 degrees centigrade temperature and they will cool them down as they work their way through this and then we'll come out the other end and you can see over here a large stack of wood so it starts to build the stack then as it cools okay. right, so it lets it cool a little bit but you don't want, it, you don't want them stacked hot because it will, they will distort and then as they cool then and pick up the boards then they start to build a stack here the stack then comes up on this railway system and up here and then gets cut up it's amazing how automated everything is isn't it? it's also amazing to think about you know that these came from really small and crooked little thinnings from a forest um, that you know you couldn't imagine them being anything very strong to build a house with but here it is turned into something that is an engineered wood product and can be used for floors for walls for roofs and and many other applications you know and is very much you know a core building material now for people using wood in, in construction really really versatile and used throughout the world you're taking something like a coniferous forest timber with a density of 350 kilograms per cubic meter and the board that comes out at the end is 600 kilograms per cubic meter so the finished board here has the same density as a hardwood Mm. 
which gives it, of course, very strong performance characteristics as well, yeah. And it's amazing that the log, which was once a tree, which could have been growing down the road, is now an OSB board and can be found in a house in Galway or Leeds or Amsterdam or even some place in North America. In Glasgow at COP26, a house was built from it. Medite Smartplay were involved in the COP26 conference. We were partners in a building called the COP26 House, which was a building made entirely of of timber and engineered wood products. So our products would have gone into the the floors and the walls in, in that building. This is David Murray, who looks after technical affairs in Ireland's sales. They were showcasing at COP26 because using wood and engineered wood products in building construction is better for the environment compared to concrete or steel. The driver here is climate change and that really is driving behavioural change in in the industry. So, you know, you need to be living under a rock for the last number of months not to have noticed COP26 and what that was all about. You know, the need to reduce, to limit global warming to to maximum one and a half degrees and the need to reach net zero carbon by 2050. That's really driving behavioural change here. So in the context of buildings, um, it's important to understand the buildings, first of all, before you go into the wood in the buildings. You know, buildings currently account for a huge amount of the total carbon emissions globally. About 40% of emissions come from buildings. Of that, 28% come from the operations of buildings and a further 11% come from the materials that we use in the buildings. So really, the opportunity for wood and timber and construction is massive here. It's a very natural product and it solves a real um, problem and a real challenge that the industry faces to reduce those carbon emissions. you know, the first thing you need to do is is you need to build um, energy efficient buildings that looks after the operational, what we call operational carbon. So the carbon that's emitted from heating, cooling and running the house. So that's pretty tightly controlled at the moment, which is which is great. The bit that's not regulated at the moment is the materials that go into the house. So you can use very carbon intensive materials or you can use um, low carbon natural materials like, like timber. There is no real regulation there uh, yet. That regulation could be coming on stream and would bring us in line with other countries who have high percentage timber frame houses. In Scotland, for instance, 80% of houses are timber frame. In Ireland, only one in five. The benefits of timber in homes sounds very attractive when compared to homes that don't have timber. If, if, you, could, if you could paint a picture for you, I mean, we've all lived in that cold, damp, leaky, drafty house, you know, where... Uh, it's costing a fortune to heat and you wake up in the cold morning and, and you're freezing. Uh, your head is freezing, but the rest of you is warm underneath the bed and the rads are on and they're, and they're blazing hot. And you can see your breath. Exactly, you can see your breath and you think, oh God, I don't want to get out and face the morning. You put your feet down on a cold, icy floor. In the evening time, you might have one warm, hot room and, and you go upstairs and it's like a fridge in, in comparison. So there's very uneven uh, temperature distribution around the house. So the person would be saying, close the door after you and don't be not born in a barn. Absolutely. Well, you've been there. I think we all have. And we've all you know, woken up in the mornings and had to wipe the condensation off the windows and, and things like that. So, um, you know, to, to top that off, you know, we're, 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 you know, we're in a stage now where we're paying top dollars for... Um, for a fill of oil, you know, a fill of oil is costing us twice what it, what it would have cost even even a couple of years ago. So, but it doesn't have to be like that because a well-built timber frame house that that is predominantly using timber, you know, eliminates all of those discomforts in one fell swoop. Um, they're much warmer because timber is an insulating material, uh, and the inner leaf of the walls can be filled with insulation, lots of insulation. So they're inherently airtight as well, and that eliminates those drafts that I mentioned, and that has a really good. Um, uh, consequence of improving the energy efficiency of the house so much so that if you go to a very high level of of, um, of insulation and air tightness if you if you build to the passive house standard you can reduce 
the energy demand in that house by up to 90% compared to the buildings that you and I would have would have grown up in, the ones that I just mentioned there. So, uh, and plus they're much faster to build as well. So, um, you know, it not only helps the environment, but it also helps to solve the housing crisis, mm. um, which is obviously highly topical at the moment. By all accounts, timber has a long lifespan. There's examples of, of timber in houses, you know, hundreds of years old. The current building regulations is that, you know, a, a building has a design life of about 60 years. But, uh, you know, we obviously know that, you know, buildings last way longer than that. And currently, the cost of OSB, like other timber products, is higher than normal. We're currently experiencing extremely high demand for, for wood products uh, globally. And we're a small player in a, in a global market. So supply and demand obviously affects all commodity markets. So with that high demand, uh, we're currently seeing higher prices than would have normally been expected. But that will all level out and that will all come back to to normality. But it's the versatility of the engineered wood product and the whole array of different types of boards which can be manufactured is what gives them their unique selling point. We, what we manufacture here in the two plants is Medite MDF and SmartPly OSB. To someone like listening on the radio, they are big, strong sheets of wood fibre compressed with adhesives. They come in a variety of sizes, different specifications. SmartPly is used in the fabric, Medite in the finish. Um, one of Medite SmartPly's USBs, as you like, is that we have developed the know-how and the capability, we like, to make a wide range of different panels for houses, for schools, for hospitals, for industry, even for an attic conversion, for outdoor living. We have products that are for waterproof. We make products even for film sets. So you can imagine there's a, there's a huge variety of those things there, if you like. They can be above the ceiling and under the roof in a timber frame house. They can be in the wall in a timber frame house. They can be outside the, the building as an external cladding, for example, in some types of buildings, depending on the product we're using. We have an in-house R&D team. So we have wood scientists. We have timber engineers involved in that. So they're all the time sort of working on, I suppose, really specific challenges that wood faces. So wood would face challenges, as you can imagine, in terms of moisture performance and how it reacts to moisture, in terms of fire performance and how it reacts to that. So, so we have, you know, several decades of development work on those so that we have, you know, got leading products in those areas. You know, you may be aware of the climate action plan that was released a couple of months ago, just before Christmas or November, I think it was. Um, where the public sector has been charged with, you know, delivering exemplar projects um, to to really showcase the use of, of timber and sustainable products in buildings. So we have a lot of those projects uh, on the go. So this one here, which is a zero added formaldehyde MDF board called Medite Clear, that will be seen in, say, for example, museums, say, for example, in, in Clonmel. Uh, we also have low formaldehyde products that went into the Central Bank of Ireland and so on. They can be found in builders, merchants and, and networks all around the country. Um, supporting a wide range of residential, um, commercial uh, and industrial projects. Engineered wood. It seems like the answer to a lot of things. David Murray believes that it has massive potential for the times that we're in. I think there's a massive, massive opportunity here for wood uh, and Irish wood in construction. And I mean, it it all comes down to two things. Firstly, education and, and then policy. You know, we need the policies in place and the incentives in place to make the change happen. Otherwise, people revert to the, the copy and paste specifications uh, just because it's easier and, and they don't have to do it. So, you know, we're starting off, we need more education and awareness about the benefits of wood in construction, not just the, the headline grabbing stuff. You know, we, we need to educate our architects and engineers how to design with wood. You know, the reason timber is 80% in, in buildings in, in Scotland is because the educational 
system supports that, where they they train, t- you know, specifically train timber engineers on how to engineer with with timber as opposed to other materials, um, which is which is absolutely critical. You know, in in Ireland, we we still are training our engineers and architects to to design in steel and concrete in, in instead of wood. And I know Technical University in Dublin have a new course there on on sustainable construction, which which is great. The, these products and systems are already in place they're just not maybe as mainstream as they could be um but if you think back you know nobody believed that the smoking ban uh, would ever happen in ireland i mean can you imagine an irish pub where you can't smoke and you've got to have to go outside to have a conversation so but that did and it happened because it happened for the right reasons um and the same thing with the plastic bag levy you know we, we all uh we, we all thought we'd we would never be able to do the shopping again but you know after a couple of weeks of walking down and you know, bumping into each other and spilling our shopping all over the road, we, we, you know, we decided to use reusable shopping bags. So you know, there's numerous other examples. You know, the electrification of, of the car fleet now is, is starting, albeit slowly, but it is starting. So um, the same thing will happen with buildings. It's already doing it at the moment. You know, we, we, we've seen it. We're involved in it. There's lots more that can be done. And timber construction is the right thing to do. As I said, it's already here. It just needs to be regulated and for the right reasons. And those right reasons are your kids, my kids and everybody else's kids and for future generations. Here's an interesting fact about trees. Timber, when managed properly, is a sustainable resource and is also renewable. A sustainable resource is one which is used or harvested in such a way that is not depleted or permanently damaged. Provided we give them time, trees grow naturally so no energy or other raw material input is needed in creating this magnificent resource. If harvested responsibly, at a rate which the forest can continue to be healthy, timber supply can be never-ending. Trees from seed to sawdust is funded by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine as part of the Woodland Support Project.